0: It's crossing the tape right now. Let me explain what's happening here. Some breaking news to share with you this morning, M&A related. There's good activism. I think eBay is in that situation. They got a jewel in PayPal. There's bad activism. Unfortunately, JCPenney was a dying company. Examples of activism gone awry. It was not a surprise to me that that deal fell through. This is such a game changer. Good morning and welcome to According to Sources for the week of July 1st, 2018, This is a podcast that devotes its time to the discussion of mergers and acquisitions, event-driven trading, and the sources that cover and surround them. I'm Mike Samuels of Broom Street Capital, your host. On today's podcast, we're going to discuss a few things. I'm going to do an NXPI update and a little bit of a mailbag, answering your questions on Twitter. We're going to discuss Synaptics, a name that I brought up on last week's podcast. And then lastly, I'm going to touch on a new name, Hain Celestial. So I want to talk to you a little bit about Synaptics today. The ticker is S-Y-N-A. Now, I had mentioned to you last time we spoke on the podcast that if Synaptics got below 50, that I would get interested. And on Monday, the NASDAQ sold off hard, so I did. I put on a medium-sized position. Now, just to backtrack for a second, up until this point on the podcast, we're four episodes in, I've been giving you pretty safe names. I've been giving you names like USG, like Convergis, like EDR. These were names that the deal likelihood was really high, but the upside was pretty low. And while they're all wins, it's good to shoot for a little bit higher if I see a good opportunity. So I dug in a little bit more in synaptics, and I found some things that I liked. And I found some things that I didn't like. And I want to just explore that a little bit more quickly now. For starters, here's what I like about this situation. Number one, it's in talks with a strategic buyer, UK-based Dialog Semi. Number two, we kind of know what they might be willing to pay. We know that they bid $59 in March, and now that they're in exclusive talks, I assume they would bid more. Number three, Dialog is sort of a desperate buyer. The stock price has been cut in half this year. They need to do something. They need to diversify away from Apple, which is an 80% customer, and Synaptics offers them the opportunity to do that. Now, if you guys remember, they already tried to do this once. In 2015, they tried to buy ATML. Problem was, Microchip did too, and they outbid them. And number four, I think Synaptics is actually a willing seller. Frankly, how could they not be a willing seller? Look at the performance of the other semiconductors over the past few years, and then look at the chart in Sina. Management has no choice but to entertain a strong offer. You know, when I first looked at this, it reminded me of Mellanox a lot, actually, which is ticker MLNX. Last year, according to the Wall Street Journal, Marvell had made an offer for Mellanox. The board rejected it. And after that, Starboard, the activist fund, got involved. They got board seats. And while they may have pushed for a sale, they fundamentally changed the company around. The stock has doubled even though there hasn't been a sale. And so when I examined this, I thought, well, if the deal doesn't happen and the stock drops, I could really see an activist coming in here trying to get involved in either pushing for a sale or perhaps getting on the board and changing the fundamentals of the company. So those are a few of the reasons I like the situation at Synaptics. But like I said, as I dug deeper, I did find a few things I didn't like. So we're going to start, obviously, with this announcement that's just come out of the White House about how they're going to approach this question of investment from China. It's an updated, modernized version of Cepheus. He's going to expand Cepheus, provided you give him the powers to do so. Did he make the right decision? It's not meant to be harder or softer. It's going to be very comprehensive. Assuming this passes, what sort of industries within technology, I assume semiconductors, are a big one, need to be wary? And very effective at protecting our technological family okay. jewels. I mean, who's this going to affect the most? Cifius reform. It's very top of mind these days considering the protectionist stance that President Trump and this administration is taking, especially towards China. And therefore, if you are a company and you have a significant investment from China, you're certainly going to be on the agenda and on the radar of CFIUS. So how does this affect Synaptics and how does this affect the deal? Dialog Semi's number one shareholder with a 9% stake is the Tsinghua Group which is a Chinese state-backed technology conglomerate. Tsinghua in 2015 actually bid $23 billion for Micron Technologies. However, the deal never even got to a vote as they thought that the deal would not get U.S. approval. So if a deal between Dialog and Sina were to be announced, the result would be that Tsinghua would actually be a major shareholder of a U.S. company, falling right into the jurisdiction of CFIUS. And As anyone who's been living through an XPI and had to deal with Marvell Cavium, I'm just not sure that I want to sit through another one of these situations where I have to wait for regulatory approval on another U.S.-Chinese deal. Now, the only way to get around this situation is if Dialog presented such an overwhelming offer that Sina had to take the risk of getting U.S. approval for this deal. The problem is the size of Dialog. It's only a billion dollars in market cap. They'd have to pay almost two billion dollars to Synaptics. Synaptic shareholders would probably want 70 or 65 minimum to take the risk of waiting a year to maybe get approval, and analysts seem to think that Dialog doesn't have the financial capacity to do this. To sum it up, I'm just not interested in sitting through another NXPI situation where I have to worry about U.S.-China relations. I did put on a position earlier last week. I'm going to be selling that position this week. I do think there are some positives about this deal, but just not enough to give me the comfort to hold through this process. And now for a ZTE and XPI update. In my opinion, we got some good news and we got some bad news last week. Let's start with the good news. The worst case scenario in Congress is, in my opinion, off the table, which was that the Schumer-Rubio bill, which would be essentially a full-scale ban on all ZTE products for seven years, that's now off the table because Congress voted on the other option, which was simply to ban ZTE products from being sold to government agencies and U.S. intelligence. Now, the bad news on this, though, is the timing. So on Saturday afternoon, I spoke with political pro-defense reporter Greg Hellman, and he told me from the sources that he's spoken with and his overall gut feeling, he believes this won't be resolved until the end of July at best, and it's possible it could actually bleed into November. On the good news front again, the ZTE board has been replaced. This was part of the settlement that would essentially release the ban on CTE products being sold in the United States that Wilbur Ross announced about a month ago. The bad news is the second part of this agreement has not been fulfilled. The disturbing part of this to me is what exactly is the holdup? Is it on our end? Is the Commerce Department not letting them do something? Is it on their end? Are they refusing to pony up the money? And in my opinion, President Trump... And our government is really between a rock and a hard place here. In order to release the ZTE ban, he would essentially be going around Congress which was currently debating this bill altogether. So the political backlash from this could be great. Okay, first Twitter question. As we get closer to the July 25th termination date, if there is no approval by then, where do you expect NXPI to be trading if the news flow is as thin as it is now? First of all, the next big date that I think everyone should look out for is July 8th. And the reason that July 8th is so important is that 30 days after the original agreement that Wilbur Ross went to China and signed to lift the ZTE ban, everything had to be in place within 30 days. And by everything in place, I mean a billion dollars had to be paid, $400 million had to be put into an escrow account, and the ZTE board needed to be replaced. Back to the Twitter question. I view NXPI stock in a way as a decaying call option and it should probably trade down you know, a 30 or 40 cents every single day as we get closer to the July 25th date. And especially if we don't get clarity on ZTE, if we don't get, I guess, some sort of relief on China Talks, I expect it, like I said, to go down a little bit each day. Follow-up question to that was, do you think they will extend the agreement? In my opinion, they will not, although many people I talk to think they will. In my opinion, Qualcomm And NXPI, I would say, probably have an overwhelming desire at this point to move on. It's been almost two years, and they can't just be at the mercy of world politics. The second question from Twitter is, why do you think that this is such a quid pro quo situation? Why is it ZTE for NXPI? And the answer, in my opinion, lies in the way in which this administration acted when Broadcom tried to buy Qualcomm. I think it's clear how much Trump values 5G and technology patents. Also, I mean, is it that far-fetched to think that the ban on ZTE that was initially in, put in place was actually Qualcomm's idea? I mean, is that so crazy to think that they could have fed him an idea like that, knowing that could grease the wheels of getting this approval process going? ZTE would, is such a crippling blow to China. Where would our administration have gotten an idea like that if not from one of our own big telecom companies? Last question from Twitter, do you think that this deal will ever go through and if so, how would you play it? Well, first of all, the only way I would continue to play this is by buying those July 120 strike calls. That's the only way I can imagine playing it. Trying to trade this on a day-to-day basis, I would get shaken out by the news almost every other day. But do I think this actually happens at the end of the day? I have no reason to believe that it will. At this point, we seem to have all the information we would want. It seems like the ZTE ban is just going to be essentially a government ban, and yet we still haven't gotten an approval. It seems like we're just waiting for this escrow payment, and yet it doesn't happen. So, to me, there's something greater at play. Maybe my idea that this was quid pro quo, that it was ZTE for an XPI, maybe that was wrong all along. But it seems to me at this point, betting any significant amount of money on nxpi closing is just not a bet i'm comfortable making in my last segment today i quickly just want to look at Hain celestial we finally got word that erwin simon the longtime founder and ceo has departed and of course that's going to spark speculation that perhaps this company could once again be in play here's a bloomberg clip from seven months ago So potentially you'll see, you know, you could see a strategic company team up with a private equity company to to sort of take out the whole of the Hain business and then divide up who gets which asset. That was Ed Hammond of Bloomberg Television. He was talking about seven months ago when a story about Nestle actually bidding for a Hain surfaced. Of course, that never came to be. And most would agree that the main reason that a sale hasn't happened to this point has been the reluctance of the founder and CEO, Erwin Simon. Well, this week we learned that Simon is now out. Without going too deep into the history of this company, all you need to know, in my opinion, is that Engaged Capital, who has had a lot of success in being an activist and turning around a few different food companies, has been involved in Hain for over a year now. Last year, they signed a standstill agreement, allowing Hain and Simon to hopefully turn the company around fundamentally. And in that past year, this has not occurred, most likely leading to Simon's departure. A few different pieces of Wall Street research actually viewed the news negatively. BMO, for example, titled their piece, CEO Secession Plan Likely Signals Outright Sale Not Imminent. And in a way, I agree. Of course, the CEO leaving means the sale isn't imminent. However, I believe it's a step in the right direction. There was also some concern that Simon seemed to be sticking around, so to speak, because it said he would become non-executive chairman of the board for a transition period to work closely with the incoming CEO. And I think this is important to point out. The press release makes no mention, however, of Simon's status following this transition period. It's clear that Simon is literally being stripped of basically all involvement in this company. After 90 days, Simon will not only step down as a non-executive chairman, but he's going to be gone from the board altogether. And this was a fact that really was not present in the Hain June 25th press release. Simon's going to get over $34 million. And after that, he's really going to have no involvement altogether with the company. And this was a fact that was pointed out by UFP, United First Partners, in their latest Hain note. We're starting to see a little bit more activity in the food acquisition space once again. The hysteria of Kraft and Unilever and other brands, Heinz, that passed many years ago. But now we're seeing a resurgence. We saw Pinnacle Foods and Conagra get together. We're seeing rumors of Campbell's Soup and Kraft getting together. So perhaps it is the right time for Hain being pushed by activists engaged Capital to put itself up for sale. The question is, do we look at Hain more as a white wave, another organic food company that sold for a very nice premium, Or maybe we should be looking at it differently. Maybe instead we should look at this as the next Sarah Lee. A collection of brands which sold separately are worth more than if the company was sold as a whole. To sum up, no, there's nothing imminent in Hain. But the news from here, going forward, I think only gets better. And I think there's a few ways to play this. One, you could own the stock outright and hope that the fundamentals get better, which I think is possible. Two, you could keep selling puts month after month, taking in the premium. Or three, you could buy November or December calls and hope that a deal happens within that time frame. I like situations where all the negative news seems to be priced in and the news going forward most likely will only be positive. That concludes according to sources for the week of July 1st. I'm Mike Samuels, your host, and I'll see you next week. The ideas presented today are the ideas of Broom Street Capital and Mike Samuels. Broom Street Capital is not liable for any losses taken as a result of actions taken from this podcast.